You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. It's your boy Tom here, and we are back. Look at that. Back to back weeks for all of us on at one time. This has got to be a record for the, the, it's, the, the it's year. It's a long time coming. Time never is on time. So. <laughs> Look, guys. I, I know you're going to go ahead and take over the podcast. No, I just, <laughs> I, I just, I just want to let y'all know this, man. And for the life of me, I can't figure it out for anything. So. I know we hadn't did what we did this weekend in a very long time. So my brother um, has been doing like little odd jobs like around the house, right, to make a little money. And um, he, it was, I don't know who I did was, but I think it was stupid now that I think about it because I have been in pain, bro, for three days, Gary. And I'm trying to figure out what like if I'm actually like hurt if I like go to the doctor I'm gonna tell you what happened and y'all tell me if I should just fight it out or if I should go see a doctor so this weekend we got a dump truck load of mulch delivered and we spread it all the mulch uh around the house right well the process of me doing that bro like I literally can't lift up like my damn arm like my shoulder I, I don't know if it's because I'm old or <laughs> like I actually did something, but last night I couldn't sleep to save my life, bro. Like I'm talking about it was just throbbing. So I took like, you know, some pain medicine, like some Tylenol, ibuprofen, Motrim, whatever your choice is. I took one of a couple of those. My question to y'all is, is do I go to the doctor urgent care? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I or do I say, Hey, you know, it's gonna work itself out. I'm just curious because I've you stopped being a baby uh, because you haven't worked out like legit worked out with heavy anything, and it was probably a constant picking up, moving, and raking, and it's a type of thing you haven't done as a workout, so your muscles aren't used to being used in that way. So that's what it would be. Just like if you'd squatted often, you know, hey, your legs would be hurting very bad for the next two to three days. You wouldn't go to the doctor because your legs were hurting because of it. You so you don't gotta deal with it, bro. I couldn't sleep last night, Gary. You missed that part. I think you missed that part, bro. No, it, I couldn't sleep. Yeah, but as a result of it, don't get my ass back in the gym this week, bro. <laughs> I get my ass back in the gym. It was a absolute wake up call for me. Also, too, before we get this podcast started, shout out to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for winning the Daytona 500 yesterday. Uh, I know it was you don't watch that Gary I know it's kind of ironic that the only person on this podcast that watches NASCAR is the black guy <laughs> that is true <laughs> thank you yeah. the only person that watches basketball is the white guy it is true. Time is the only one that really watches a lot of basketball. Hey. Of yeah. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I I, I I I don't. I, I feel like he shouldn't have had to say that during Black History Month. Hey, real because quick, real quick. <laughs> like, well, real quick for Black History Month, we let a white guy win the dunk contest. But that's neither here nor there. Look! Well, look! Look! To... Look! Look! <laughs> well, so here, here's 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 my problem that I have with the dunk contest. We let's start right there. Let's start right there, Tom, because you finna go ahead and make my point. Go ahead and say what you were gonna say though. Go ahead and finish. 
Well, the reason your body was hurting because you was talking about fat people all week last week. So now your body's coming back. Because <laughs> you were picking on fat people last week. Okay, so so can we? I I don't have a problem with. Um, I can't say that word anymore because apparently they've been banned in certain books and things like so that. So, topic you trying to go to? Because we have multiple topics and you're trying to. Talk well, about- uh, we, we do, we do. I'm not even going to talk about that, but I want to talk about this guy that won the the dunk contest. Okay, and I'm saying this guy because it's very funny to me and it's fascinating too. It's very fascinating when you see that unicorn. And he is truly a unicorn. Is it McGlock? How do you say his last name? McClung. McClung. Yes. McClung. So apparently he's always had these hops. And I I have no problem with a basketball player dunking the basketball the way that he do. This is the problem that I do have, though. It has given white people hope around the world that they, too, can possess those hops. This is a unicorn. Like I, we, and I heard this at all, and every one of my white friends made it a point to text me outside of Gary, text me and say, "Hey man, did you watch the slam dunk contest?" No other year, Gary, have they asked me if I watched the dunk contest, and I'm like, "No, I didn't watch it." Like, man, you should watch it. It was good this year. Like, it hadn't been good any other year. So I'm like, I. I, I don't understand these messages, Gary. Like, it was a basketball player that won a dunk contest. Why are we so, um, like, caught off guard by this? Because it's been a long, it's been a long time since a white guy has won the dunk contest. And I think that's why your white friends are saying that, because nobody thought it would happen again, and it happened. And I think that's why. Like you said, I – it means nothing to me. The dunk contest is so. So you saying the white guys never won the dunk contest? No, they have, but it's been a long oh, okay. time. Okay. So, All right. I think the thing is, like, I don't watch the dunk contest in general. The dunk contest has not been the same since Vince Carter stopped doing it, and the, the stars stopped doing it. People aren't excited about the dunk contest. For one, I hate the judging because the the lowest score they can give, I think, is a seven. If you don't do a good dunk, you should be able to get a two. I'm sorry, it's terrible, but they're afraid of hurting people's feelings. So they, the lowest I think you can get is a seven on a dunk, I believe, which is stupid to me because it keeps all the scores close. To me, a real dunk contest, if somebody blows the other ones away, it should be shown by the scores. It shouldn't be, oh, this guy won 50 to 48 when the 48 looked like it was a 30 rated dunk. It's like it just doesn't make sense, but it could be close because they, can, they have a limited amount that they can give on scores. So like the dunk contest isn't interesting to me anymore. So I don't watch it. I don't watch All Star Weekend. It's just it's boring to me. Just like the whole all, the Pro Bowl stuff is. All that stuff's boring. It's not entertaining. And the, at least with the the Pro Bowl, which again not really because you don't have the the best of the best playing in it. You have they don't they don't actually do the best of the best dunkers don't actually do the dunk contest because they don't get enough money or they don't care enough. Uh, it's not like it used to be back when Jordan was doing the dunk contest and Vince Carter, the actual best dunkers in the league, were actually dunking and doing the dunk contest. But now players aren't doing that. It's not as prestigious as it was considered back in the day. It used to be an honor. To perform. Well, no, you got. It used to be an honor to be in the dunk contest. Now Gary, it's 
Gary, like the way that we, the way that professional athletes have advanced, bro, since when we watch basketball. And when I say since we watch basketball, I'm talking about everybody that's playing in the NBA. And before I became a professional athlete and I was a fan of the NBA and the NFL and I didn't understand the business side of things, I sound just like you, Gary. Why the hell aren't the stars playing? Well, I found out yesterday during the All-Star game that some of the top dunkers in the NBA was offered a million dollars to participate in the dunk contest and still turned it down, bro. Guess what? He made $100,000 in the dunk contest this year. Correct. That's it. Yes. His career earnings was like 100 106,000, Gary. Yeah. He made his career earnings and one, it made sense for him, Gary. I understand why these young guys are coming in hungry and playing in this dunk contest because they can either double their salary or they can get a nice little lump sum. Well, when you're John Moran or when you're KD, when you're LeBron James and you're all these guys is making these max deal contracts and you're 100 mil plus, what the hell is a million dollars to go do a dunk contest, Gary? Those are again, pennies. Again, I, again, I have, I understand what you're saying. I'm saying that's the reason why it's watered down now is because it's not considered as prestigious as it used to be. It used to be considered a prestigious thing, and guys wanted to win the dunk contest. Now it's not that way because you got to think that's well, the only yeah, reason Vince Carter did it. it. Vince Carter. Well, it used to be the only players that could dunk like that were the the elite players because. There weren't that many elite athletic players in the league. I don't know. When now, Vince Carter was doing it, there was – What the hell wrong with your time? I don't know about that. You tripping, bro. You, are you okay? You tripping. You're you going to tell me that – you're going to tell me that there's not more athletic people in the league right now than there was when Vince Carter and Michael Jordan were playing. You lost your mind. Vince Carter played in the 2000s, sir. Now, I'm telling you right now as we sit on this podcast and we talk, there's nobody that has won the fucking dunk contest that dunked better than Michael Jordan and or Vince Carter, bro. Vince Carter's the best dunker all time. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not Athleticism, even if they did have it, they still wouldn't have been able to do what those two guys done. That's like that's like you telling me that LeBron James right now can do what John ja Moran is doing. He can't. He can't. Different player. So what do you what mean? Do you I'm trying to understand what you're saying right now. Everybody blew up whenever Michael Jordan took off from a step inside the free throw line, and we got people that can go between the legs from the free throw line. We got people that can windmill from the free throw line. Hold on, hold on. We have people who go through the legs that aren't in the NBA doing it. There's a difference. Zach Levine's in the NBA. He went between the legs from the free throw line. He he was still further in front of it. Yes, correct. Right, but I'm saying he's not even a a superstar, and he did a dunk that there ain't no way Michael Jordan could have done that. Come on now. Bro, Come on. You're not, this, is, this is what you're not understanding, though, Tom. The the dunks that, that Vince Carter did, the dunks that Michael Jordan did. Nobody had seen. Bro. Nobody had ever seen them before. Everything that's being done right now, we've seen before. Whether in the NBA or somebody dunking or some dunkaholic that's just doing it in their backyard that we've seen on YouTube or Instagram or some social site. So we've seen it already. You got to understand, Tom, back in those days, bro. Nobody was taking off from the line. Nobody was dunking and putting their elbows in the rim. Nobody was doing the thing that Vince Saturday was doing. 
there weren't enough athletic people for there to be that many dunks that people could do like that. But now there's so many people that can do all those things. Like the, 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 the dunk package that Vince Carter won his dunk contest with was elite in his time. If somebody came out and did the exact same dunks as Vince Carter, they literally they would do it every 40, dunk contest. They, 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 they do. Dunk contest. They do. They would get 45s and everybody would be like, oh, we still. No, literally. They, he, one of them literally did the 360 windmill that uh, Vince did, and they got a 50 for it. This this dunk contest, Vince did that back in the day, and they did it again and still got a fifty. Now look, y'all, I'm not, I'm not trying to argue that Vince Carter is not the greatest dunker of all time. What I'm trying to say is there are more people that can do what. No, Vince I will did. I will agree. There are more people that are more athletic than that. That, but again, the, 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 problem, well, the problem is they people. Knew. They knew. No, I'm saying there are more that can that could participate in the dunk contest. That bro, I. I, I don't give a damn what y'all say, bro. I, I have yet to see, other than Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin is the only person that's close to being overrated. where his sanity was overrated. in terms of dunking. He's overrated, but he's the only person that can go in and do what Vince Sanity did. Name somebody else that can do that. So the huh? best dunker I've ever seen in my life other than Vince Carter, he played in the NBA for one year. He went to Cincinnati Bearcats. Oh, I know who you're talking about. James White. You're talking about three talking legs about from the now. free throw line. So you, you see, so if you go look at James White, James White had one foot behind the free throw line and went through the legs, but he's not a good basketball player. That's why he was not in the NBA. He did that overseas in a dunk contest. So, like, he is literally probably the best dunker I've ever seen, and he's on the same level as Vince Carter in my eyes. But he, he played one year in the NBA, so I can't – I wouldn't put him – because he didn't play in the NBA, so he's a professional dunker would be how I would categorize him. But, like, John Morant could be in it. Like, again, the thing is, the biggest thing this whole boils down to is it used to be prestigious to be in the dunk contest. You wanted to win the dunk contest. That's what it was about. See, now, guys don't care about it. That's see, why the dunk contest is watered down. See, that that's what that's what I'm trying to get y'all to understand. The dunk contest. Right, and let me come full circle. Let me come full circle. The reason it was prestigious is because the elite athletes yes. were the only people that could do the dunk. Agreed. No, 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 I totally disagree. I totally disagree. What I'm saying is, this is now because there's more people that can do it. Bro, do you realize, look, I'm going to tell you something, man, because you, you, I'm not going to let you get under my skin with this basketball shit, bro, because I know we got other stuff that we got to talk about. So I'm going to try to make this short and brief. Back in the days with Clyde the Glide and Muggsy Bogue, they was doing all those dunks and they was winning all those, uh, yeah, Spud Webb, they was winning all those dunk contests. Them was some trash-ass dunks, bro. They were regular dunks. Regular dunks. Now, when you talk about athleticism, when Michael Jordan came in, the charisma that he had, Vince Sanity, the charisma that he had, and I'm going to give you one even even terrible, and I don't like him at all, um, uh, play for the Rockets, uh, Dwight Howard. When he put the Superman cape on and he went, it was more so the charisma, not necessarily the dunk, because I wasn't really impressed with it at all. All I'm saying is, is those dunks that we saw growing up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and that they always go back to when we look at, they're trash, regular dunks. So then Michael Jordan come along and he go from the foul line. Nobody ever done it before. They call him your airness because it seemed like he 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 just glared through the air whenever he would dunk. He would your airness for a reason. He would stay in the air longer than anybody else. 
Vince Sanity, when he went up the dunk, everybody got the hell out of the damn way because he's going to jump higher than you. And not only is he going to jump higher than you, he's going to punch it on you. There's nobody in the NBA right now that you can look at that scare you like that. And that's Zion. And Zion don't even play half the time because he always banged up. So name me somebody else when they get the ball in the paint that you scared to go up against. Give me that. Because when Vince Sanity went up, nigga, nobody jumped. Nobody jumped. Make it make sense. Well, think First I don't... of all, calm down, Booker T. Booker T, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is, there are like Anthony Edwards. You gonna tell me people don't fear him? No. I'm, they still no! don't block a shot. No. So, so again, here's the thing. You're how, a well, well, the thing I'm is, not trying to say anybody can dunk the same way Vince Carter can dunk. Or Michael Jordan. Dunker of all time. Or Michael, whatever, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan wasn't even that good of an in-game dunker like that, like like Vince Carter, to me, like as far as going to dunk on somebody. Right. What I'm trying to say is there are more people that can do the dunks that they did in dunk contests, and that's just true. That's just true. But see, that's what, that, what you're not understanding, though, like dunking in-game wasn't as fashionable as it is now. Right. So it wasn't, nobody was well, trying to embarrass people. They were playing basketball. Now it's and one mixtape ball. So I will say one of the – well, I'd say, yeah, it is a very offensive-oriented <laughs> game now versus defensive-oriented. Yes. But, like, the whole thing with the Vince Carter stuff, people didn't try to challenge Vince Carter to block a shot. Every person – Anthony Edwards, they still try to block his shots. John Morant, they try to block his shot. LeBron, they try to block his dunks. Nobody They're not jumping with Vince, with Vince Carter. Nobody's jumping with Vince Carter. Just let him have it. Yeah, like, oh, man, this is going to be nice. That, that, so that's that's the only thing with Vince Carter. But, no, I understand you're not saying Vince Carter's not the guy, all that kind of stuff. My thing is, yes, it's prestigious. But if everybody can do these dunks, then to me, if you want to, if, it, if it was as prestigious as it used to be about winning a dunk contest, wouldn't you want to say I'm the best dunker out of all of them and just beat them? Say, hey, I'm better than all these other guys. I don't want to be lumped in with them. I'm better. So I'm going to do the dunk contest and prove it. But again, they don't have to. But I'm saying that was the thing back in the day. Is like I'm gonna prove I'm better than everybody else at this. Nobody, what? don't mention these other people in my name with me. And that's what it was about. Now, but now it's not. That's why it's so watered down. But here's the thing about the 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 dunk contest right now. The only reason why it was so popular back in the days, time and Gary, and I really want y'all to understand this. The only reason why it was so popular back in the days because the big name guys did it. It had nothing to do. That's so, it. Because the elite guys did it. If you had LeBron, Ja, Anthony Edwards, those guys going to a dunk contest, you know how big that slam dunk contest would be? Everybody would be watching it because of the names that are in it. Nobody knew half the people that were even in this dunk contest. Nobody heard of Max McClung before this dunk contest. No. Like, that's the thing is, like, so nobody's interested in it. If they want to improve the product, you got to get these other guys into Not it. Not true. Real, real, basketball, real basketball fans had already heard of them. No, but I digress. You've heard of him as You're a dunk. Right. That's it. But like, you weren't excited I, I, about the dunk contest because of him being in it. No, he wasn't excited at all. Yeah, I was because I knew it kid dunk. And that's another thing. You know, what's funny about that is D called him a unicorn. The other best dunker in the world is a white a white person. No, I agree. He's a professional. He is too. No, he is. That's literally all he is. He is just a professional dunker. And he does things that you'll never see people in the NBA even try because they can't do it. They're not as athletic as he is. And, but he, he, that's all he does. He just practices dunking. That is his livelihood. He goes around, does tours. He is legit the best dunker probably ever because of what he can create and how high he can actually jump. 
So I I have an issue. Do it in a game. I, I have an issue with that, Gary. I have an issue with that because circumstances mean everything in terms of a dunker. So if 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 you got this guy that's supposed to be the best dunker in the world and that's all he does is dunk. He's not an NBA. He doesn't play basketball. Like literally all he does is dunk. Can you consider him like the best dunker if he's well, not the uh, world's largest stage? The problem is like the NBA is never going to invite him to come do it. Because I mean, they would be embarrassed. But I can't. I can't help that though, Gary. No, no, I agree. Like I, I, I got a goal set. I got a goal set up here, seven feet, yes. and I'm talking about I am better than any dunker that has ever dunked on that seven foot goal. No, because if they jump on a seven foot, they're going to destroy you. You're, you're not understanding what I'm saying, though, Gary. <laughs> you're not understanding what I'm saying because I consider myself the best on this seven foot goal, and anybody was to challenge me. Then you know it's 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 my word against theirs. Like I could right. put a product out with all the things that you see through uh, the. I, I don't know if you heard the stuff that was with uh, what is the the name of that that crew dude. Um, dude perfect. Dude perfect. Where they found out that a bunch of his stuff was fake. Where he was on a green screen and like um, you know all that with with everything that's going on in the world today in terms of being able to fake things how do we really truly know that this guy is doing the dunks that we say because, that he's doing because you can see he goes on competitions and that's live streamed and you can watch the video of the dunk oh they got contest. competitions to dunk yeah and he wins oh, all of them crazy. that's what i'm saying like so that's the thing is they they ever wanted to actually say hey our dunkers in the nba are the best if this kid ever was like hey i'll dunk, I'll, I'll dunk any of y'all if they would actually invite him he would embarrass them. They would not invite him because they know that he would literally because that's his livelihood. It's different than NBA NBA players doing a dunk contest because right. that's not they don't practice everything he does. That's all right. he works on is just creating new dunks that people haven't seen. Okay, I respect it. But but again, funny, in a roundabout way, in a roundabout way, you guys are making my point as to why the dunk competition is not prestigious anymore because there's more people that can dunk. It's but not it's, just it's, the best players. <laughs> But it, but again, that's why it's not prestigious because the best players aren't in it either, though. Tom, I don't know what, what what do they gain from being in it? When, like, cause the best dunkers aren't always going to be again, the best players in the, the, the whole thing that was gained previously was just hey, I was better than everybody else at this dunk contest. I want to prove I'm better. I'm the best dunker in the league. That's what it used to be. Nowadays, the entitlement time, everybody's like, I don't need to do all that. I'll just take my money and just sit here. That's how. That's why it changed over time. As you hear Charles Barkley constantly calling out the NBA players as soft because they need load management all the time. Every player's getting loads management. They can't play back-to-back games. Now, Gary, what you ain't going to do is no, tell this the, the truth about the NBA. You ain't going to tell the truth about the NBA or how soft they are. We know no, that already. Well, I'm we, we, we ain't gonna talk about that because Tom's a basketball player. He's soft too, and that's his that's that's his brotherhood. And we don't want to you know hurt his feelings or anything like that. So we're gonna switch that up with Charles Barkley because he's the one who's saying a a Hall of Famer who's saying the same thing that that people are saying because people are pissed they don't get to watch these stars play their game because they're only playing sixty games a year because oh I need load management but they don't because it's been proven all these stars before were able to, they have better technology now to recover and all that kind of stuff than they did back in the day. But all those older guys were playing 82 games and never had an issue. Yeah. Mike played 82. He only had two seasons in his career. He did not. I, that's all I'm saying. But with that being said, Gary, uh, I'm going to say this 
and then we're going to roll on to Tiger Woods because I really want to talk about him and how far he's come in his career. Uh, but I want to say this. The only thing that I dislike about LeBron James fans, and it has nothing to do with LeBron James here. It, it, it Nothing to do with LeBron James, but just his fan base, okay? We already know that NBA players, as it relates to playing basketball, are soft. We're not challenging them off the court. We're talking about their game as it relates to basketball. They are soft. As a result of that, with all the flopping and all the stuff that LeBron James does, when you go to a wrecked basketball game now, time, I'm talking about you. When you step on the court, the first thing out of your mouth is foul. Because you used to watching LeBron James flop up and down the court like a damn fish out of water. So now when you go up for a layup foul, like, bro, wasn't nobody even next to you. You just missed that layup. You just missed that layup. Like, didn't nobody foul you. That's the only thing that I dislike about LeBron James fans is that in their head, they think they're him and they're going to get every call. Rec league, uh, church league, it don't matter. They try to get every call and be the first one to want to grab 23 or 6. Like, bro, that ain't your number. That ain't even your game. You should probably grab zero or what Dennis Rodman wore because that's a better number for you. But I digress. Let's get into Tiger Woods, Gary. <laughs> Son, you want to start, start us off with Tiger Woods? <laughs> oh, Clyde doesn't want to talk. No, okay. I, I, okay. I'll let I'll let you I'll let you take over the uh, Tiger Woods one. Okay. <laughs> so um, we had a little bit of controversy, I guess some would say, which leads me to a question I'll ask after we talk about everything. Uh, so Tiger Woods playing. Tournament, you know, mm-hmm. uh, playing against one of his closest friends, Justin Thomas, who Tiger Woods. He ain't even got to be a close friend. You could just oh, say saying, just I'm another saying, competitor. I'm just setting it all out, though. Yeah. One of his closest friends who his son has played jokes <laughs> on the player, left notes in the bunker next to Justin Thomas's ball for him. All, it's something they do all the time when they play together, okay? He, Tiger Woods, who's been doing back surgeries and injuries and all this kind of stuff, John Thomas, top of his career career really good golfer tiger woods is coming back from injury not feeling healthy out drives justin thomas and passes him something in his hand and it happened to be a tampon and the world loses their mind can we please talk about this because it has bothered me to no end bro so when when you can't joke between friends well, it has nothing to do with joking between friends. What you have to understand, Gary, there's a lot of people that still pissed off at Tiger Woods about the decisions he made th- during his career and how he has lived his life. So anything that Tiger Woods does, it's going to be amplified. However, I wonder what people would have said had he passed him a condom and studied a tampon, what the conversation would be. So my, my, my question would be, what if Paige Semanic, who was an, a female LPGA golfer, stood up for Tiger, and she basically said, why are y'all so mad? Like, this is a, literally a joke between friends. There's no reason to be upset about this. It's just pointless. And then she said, why don't we turn it into a marketing aspect? 
and she said, bogey, 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 stop the bleeding with Tampax. She said, see, I'm a marketing genius. She posted all this stuff in defense of Tiger Woods because she says it's outrageous that people are blowing up about this because it's a joke between friends. My thing is, what if Paige the mannequin and him a, him a tampon because she outdrove him? Would people have a problem with that? Like, what if they were playing together and she outdrove him and she handed him a tampon? Would she? Would people get mad at her? No, they would not. No. So it's a classic. It's, it goes back to what we talked about last week, Gary. Like, it's it's somewhat understood if it's something that you can go through with me. But if you can't, if there's no chance you can go through with me, then the only way that I can understand what you mean by this is that you're making a joke. Like, I'm the butt of your joke. Uh, and it has to be something against me and my gender is why you're doing this. So it's the only way it makes sense to them. So one of the problems I have with the whole thing is you're telling me women don't have inside jokes about men that they do like hundred percent. Women have jokes about men. We don't care. No, we say don't what you want to say about us. We like don't. we don't care. The thing is it, like, it's just, it's a joke between friends as literally it's not putting down the other like another sex or anything like that. It's literally between friends. If nobody I, picked it, if the cameraman wouldn't have took that photo, it would have been nothing because it was a joke between them. And that's what it's supposed to stay. It's not for everybody in the world to see. I, I don't understand. I, I, I've been trying to, because I've been trying to get mad at Tiger too for a long time. And every time somebody come with, with some type of evidence for me to get mad at Tiger, I'm just like, well, I don't know. It's just not enough. Like I, but with the tampon, I, I, I'm trying to figure out like where the rage in that is. If I can understand that, uh, we got to get somebody on here that was offended by Gary so I can understand no, I, why I, they were offended. I think offended. we can do that. I think we can find somebody that was offended by it and ask them. But, like, okay. even if you wanted to bring it to a joke, like, if, if you were, like, you're mad that it was a joke saying he hit, like, a woman – Men hit further than women do. That's just a statistical fact. Now, you can't say that, Gary. You're going to get us canceled, bro. You're going to get us canceled. You can literally look up the world record longest drive (laughs) in women and men. It's not even close. It's been proven. Tiger Woods is second on that list at a 498-yard drive. The longest woman was, was in a long drive competition, hit it 411. Tiger's was in a tournament. So not oh. a long drive company. It was in a tournament. So it was. So it's different. It that's just realistic. That's that's just that's nature. There's nothing. No, but that's not saying that they're they're men are better than women or women are less than men. Nothing. It's just saying that is we're men are stronger. That's just most men are stronger than women, and that's all it is. And it was a joke between them. And no, we're not talking. He's not talking down to women or nothing like that. And it was a joke between friends. Nobody else had to be involved in it, but everybody feels like they had to put themselves into the situation. And so it did not mess with anybody else. What bothered me, what really bothered me, Gary, and I, I can't make this up. I, I really can't make this up. What really bothered me, man, is the fact that it was a lot of people offended by it. And I'm like, bro, out of all the people that you want to be offended by, we know he like women. We know he like women. There's, there's no, like, there's no, he doesn't have an issue with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why it was so funny to me. Like, a better question is, is which one did he get it from? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> what's, your, what's your thoughts on this one, time? You couldn't even say that. I, I, I feel like it's a... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Time, hold on. 
Was you was your was your yeah. girl offended by this? I don't even think she knows what that that happens. D, was your wife <laughs> offended by this? Um, no, she wasn't. Okay. She actually just, thought it was comical. Okay, like, she, wanted, she didn't understand why everybody was upset we'll, about it. We'll, we'll we'll get a we'll get somebody on that it was offended by it. Yeah. We'll have them give their opinions. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those things, like you said, Gary, it's the uh, or D. I don't remember which one. It was D'Angelo. Uh, it's like one of those things where if you can't go with it, go through it with me, then it's then you're cracking jokes. So it's like I understand why I, I don't understand why I understand like how people got upset. I don't understand why they got upset because, um, but again, I'm not a woman. I don't have period, and I know uh, it's, it doesn't affect me. Um, but again, like you said, Gary, it's just you know, I think we live in this world where it's just crazy, where it's like we can't make these statements. Um, for fear of like offending somebody, like it is just a fact that men are naturally, as a whole, stronger than women. So therefore, they're going to naturally be able to drive the ball farther than women. It's just like it's just it should just be a fact. That's why you know a lot of this transgender uh, in sports is just like kind of crazy to me um, because people that try to say, oh well, if you take you know this type of this type of medicine, uh, it's actually going to be equal. Like no. I'm sorry, as someone who has a daughter that's going to be, you know, maybe playing sports one day, I'm, I'm never going to think it's fair for a naturally born male to compete in sports with females because everyone should be able to understand the realism that is biology and science. You know, everybody wants to talk about the science except for when it comes to this. Like, if you want to identify as whatever you want, that's fine. I'm not trying to get us canceled out here, but I could. You know, you identify with you do you. That's fine. But it comes to like something where it's competition and there, there, there's just a natural advantage. And I don't care what people say. Oh, the data, this, the data, that you're not you're looking for the data that proves your point, And it's just not true. Like you, you line up, line it up in history and men are going to naturally have an advantage. You know, like it, LeBron would run. You only have to take LeBron. You can literally take, you know, a low-end basketball NBA player, and they would go and be the most athletic person in the women's league. They might not be the best, cause yeah, cause women can shoot and do all that. But as far as like just straight up athletic, I'm gonna say the best, Tom. You trying to be? I, I'm gonna say the best because if you take a, a average NBA, we're not talking about an average guy. We're talking about the average NBA player. You put an right, average. Use Max McClung. He gonna dominate in the WNBA. Dominating, and ain't nobody jumping with him. And even if you do, you gonna get dunked on because none of them are above the rim like he is. So, I am not shooting one time. jumper, Gary. I'm not shooting uh, one jump. I'm just coming down, just yoking on everybody. It don't even matter. Jawana man style. So, just, okay, I, got, I got a question for y'all. So this was the question I said I had for thing. Now, this is more of a meta, I guess, thing. Can you be offended if somebody got offended by your joke? Like, can somebody offend you if they got offended by your joke or something you said? Can yes. you be offended by them? And if so, yes. how? So, I, I, I'm saying yes, and I would only be offended. You can only be offended if you're friends with that person. Because you would like to think that they know you well enough that the way that I what I've said to them 
shouldn't have offended them and upset them the way that it did. So now I'm offended that you offended because you know me. Like, you know me, so why are you offended by this? So, yeah, you damn right I'm offended. So, so, okay, well, then let me put it in a different way. As a comedian, if you're a comedian and you tell jokes for a living, that is your job, and people get offended by your jokes, can you be offended that they got offended at your jokes? Nah. You can't be offended as a comedian, Gary. You well, know if, that. If everybody else can be offended by your jokes, why can't you be offended they were offended? But see, that's the thing, because though. now they're saying your jokes aren't good. So why can't I take offense to that? If you're saying my jokes aren't good, they're just hateful, but they're actually jokes, and I think they're hilarious. Gary. Offended because you're obviously offended because of it. Gary, yeah, let's talk about the dark prince of comedy, Anthony Jeselnik. Hilarious. Hilarious. But there's a lot of people that do not like his dark comedy. Correct. Right. And they are offended daily by his dark comedy. So he's not offended by it. he just he he got his little niche crowd and his fan base and he, that's who he but my, that's who he catered to. Was, could he be offended? Because basically, if you're if you're offended of a now, joke that they say, you're basically saying your jokes suck. So can I take offense to that? You discuss you're discrediting my joking ability. Nah, you can't do that, Gary. Because there's some horrible comedians out there, bro. No, I agree, but <laughs> but, but they are. But they're offended because they didn't like his joke. So it's basically the same thing. So why is it one way? Why why is it a double standard? Like I can be offended That's by your hard. joke, but you can't be offended by me saying your jokes are terrible. Mm. It's literally a double standard, right? Time, you want to weigh in on this? Why he's thinking? That's interesting. I guess. Yeah, I think. I, no, I think. I no, I think it's Philly. I think you're right. Like you can be the offender only if. You know, it's something where it's like, oh, you shouldn't be able to say that uh, because that's offensive. Whereas uh, if you're trying to tell somebody that their jokes are trash, it's like, well, they're trash because of the topic that you're speaking about. So I see what you're saying, but I don't know. It's just a wild world we live in. That's a true statement, which would bring us to our next topic, too, which is the same realm. Hey, I'm letting you know right now, this is going to probably be the most explosive segment of the whole podcast, Gary. Go ahead. I've been waiting on this all day. I don't know if we're thinking the same one, but so I'm uh, talking about the Ronald Dahl books. Yes, we're talking about the same thing. For those of y'all that don't know, Ronald Dahl is a uh, book writer who wrote James and the Giant Peach, Witches, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, all those books, famous kid books, all this kind of stuff. Well, the company that I guess owns the rights hired an inclusive uh, company to go over the books and change out things that were offensive. Yes. Now, okay, I'm all for if something's super offensive, even though the N word is still in Huckleberry Finn. And all nice. these things as well. So not not understanding what's offensive, what's not in books. When some books they're allowed to, to kill a mockingbird has a lot of race undertones, but it's still considered a good book. Okay, whatever. But these books that literally have no bad things about them other than the word fat. They call him the kid fat because he is Augustus Gloop, who is a fat kid who eats candy all the time, and that's literally the description of him. If you've seen Ch- Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, you know who he is. And they're changing him. Just He's just an enormous now. He's not a fat anymore. They're removing the word fat. And then if you want to get into where they're talking about James and the Giant Peach. Love this movie as a kid. 
And also in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You remember what Oompa Loompas are, right? Yeah. So they're called a group of small men in the book. Well, they're changing it to a group of small people. I'm not understanding that, considering Oompa Loompas all are the, look the same, because that's what the whole description is. Okay, whatever. And then in James and Giant Peach, they're called cloud men. Now they're called cloud people. Like, I just don't understand where, where all this is coming from. I do understand where it's coming from. Not that it makes sense. Uh, they're also removing the word ugly. So in the book, The Twits, they're no longer using ugly and beastly to describe a character. They're just a beastly character. So ugly, fat are being removed from books. And then they're calling cloud men, small men, to cloud people, small people, whatever. When literally it's just, it, I don't understand why all this stuff needs to be changed. Why Gear. it offends people. Gear, can I, can I help you out, Gear? Oh, go Look. ahead. So I, I had this conversation yesterday and it was a hot button topic in the house because it started out with the books. Right. And then it always start there. And then that's kind of like that. You put a little ether on it and then, you know, you're talking about something else that's that is completely like taking up the entire conversation. So in the 1920s, 1930s, 1900s or before we got to where we are right now. And these kids' books, there was a lot of things that were said and done in these kids' books that I think that they need to change. Uh, I think that this is a great change in the books. Here's why. You're wrong. I, I think it's a great change in these kids' books because their minds are ever developing. And if they read something, like my son, for instance, uh, my son, he read in the book something about like... Um, I don't know what book, but it, the word penis was in there. And all he kept saying is penis, penis, penis. Like literally. I remember that episode. You remember? Yes, yes. <laughs> so he, he walked around and that's all he would say was penis, penis, penis. Well, these kids books that they're writing, when you're calling somebody ugly or you're calling somebody beastly, um, you're calling somebody fat, these things now translate over into social media they translate over into everyday school because these are like hard like punch words because it's 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 one of those like you know that you you really put all your emphasis on like man you so fat like you know what i'm saying like you you're this or you're that like you so ugly like they're punch words so these punch words that are in these kids books are something that we as parents or as uh, the adults in this situation, it's very hard for us to catch that because by the time we done caught it, the behavior is already there because they read it at school and they may not necessarily use it around you, but they use it at school and these other places all the time. Back then it was acceptable. They didn't have social media, Gary. A person in Iowa couldn't affect the person in Florida before social media unless they wrote a paper or they wrote a letter or something like that. But now I can piss somebody off in Brazil, Gary. I can piss somebody off in China just with the click of a button. So the things, information travels so much faster now. And with information traveling so much faster, why, not, why don't we PC it? So I'll give you a two-part answer. Okay. Uh, the first part is you cannot blame the books for these. These things have been around forever. They're kids' books. 
It's on the parents. So here's how I'll explain that one. No, listen, listen. Because you <laughs> teach your kids what words are good, bad, all that kind of stuff. For example, D, you call your your two of your kids' nicknames are fatty and chunky butt. They don't say fat. They don't call people fat. They don't call people chunky. But that's your nicknames for your kids. Yeah. They know because you instilled in them these are not words that are for other people. These are y'all's nicknames, and these are what I give y'all. These are not like a negative word that you can say to other people. You've instilled positive aspects in your kids, so they don't do that. That's the Parents don't do that nowadays. Parents, here, here's a book, read it. And then they just let it go at school. No, you got to talk about this stuff with the kids. That's the thing you and Reese do. You and your but wife do a really good job of discussing things, like with the, the whole penis situation. You and your your wife, I know this because I talked to y'all about it. Y'all oh, talked times about that word and how you can't say that all the time. Yeah, he still did it because he's a kid, but he no. learned he can't do that because y'all were responsible adults and talked to him and made sure he understood what it meant and how he can't do that. Because as a good parent, that's what you're supposed to do. Parents aren't doing that. Parents are letting kids go on social media, say what they want to say without them monitoring it and not, not have any control over their children. And that's where this stuff comes where, oh, this word's bad because this kid's but it's because the parents are allowing them to say things. I understand. I understand everything that you're saying, Gary. But all I want to say in in my defense is you already said that a lot of parents don't do that. They don't sit right. down and they don't discuss that. So we're going to go with the majority. Let's just say the majority does not do that. The only thing that can protect me in this instance is if they take those words out of that book. And me as a parent that like to discuss things with my kids, knowing that there's a plethora of people out there that don't, I would love for you to change those words in that book so I don't have to deal with the shit that comes from that book because they parents don't want to sit down and talk to them. So my second point, okay, I, I knew I was glad you were bringing that. <laughs> oh, I don't want to have to discuss all that and you want to change things. But the thing is, things they are changing now in books and adding into books and books they are adding – you're going to have to talk about your kids with now because now they're talking about the, the LGBT, all that yeah, stuff, which is fine, yeah. whatever. You can have books, but now you're going to bring these conversations up to your six-year-old is going to have these conversations. Your nine-year-old are going to have these conversations with you because now they're going to read books about that stuff. So you're telling me ugly is bad, but you can have kids at nine reading about like – I don't, I don't know how, what's all out there because I don't, I don't have a child, so I don't know what they're, what books they have in school. But I've seen books that they are putting into school for kids. Like I don't think kids that young need to talk about that stuff because they're not, they don't think about that stuff. Kids don't think about that stuff till they hit puberty. But they're, they're talking about and they're giving books about that stuff for kids that are younger. So now it's going to put more on the parents to have to discuss these things. And it takes that role from the parents when the parents <laughs> are supposed to be teaching their kids when they're ready to teach their kids. You also have the Disney movies. Disney movies are putting stuff in there that your kids don't have any understanding. They're going to ask you stuff about too. So there's a whole different thing where everything is getting added around all these kids. And now they're going to have you have more questions. So taking the word ugly out of a book does nothing when there's all this other stuff that's going to be bringing up too. That's why, that's why I have a problem with stuff like that because they still read To Kill a Mockingbird and Huckleberry Finn and all this stuff in schools, and that has a lot of racist undertones and the N-words and stuff, in it, and kids are reading that stuff too. Now, those are considered uh, amazing, amazing books that everybody needs to read growing up, 
but so are these. These are kids' books. Like these aren't for like adults to be going over everything. These are for kids. They're they're kids don't and care about that stuff. Well, to me, I think it just it just goes back to the parenting aspect of it because I mean, I, I, and this might be a unique take, but I'll tell you this: Braden, my son, he's two years old. He already knows penis. He knows what his penis is because Cynthia made it a point. She's like, hey, I want to be able to teach him all his body parts. That way he can communicate to us if someone maybe is touching him improperly or, you know, doing something. So he knows the word, but he doesn't go around saying it because we haven't made it seem like a word like, oh, you shouldn't say that. Wait till he gets um, six. Wait till he gets six. He's at two right now. Wait till he gets six. You'll see. <laughs> a day where you know we have to like have that conversation but i'm just saying it's like maybe part of it is is like getting out in front of but but the thing is like i think that should be up to the parents um when they address these things with their kids and you know how you bring it to your kids and what you want to do um but that being said i think some of the stuff that they're taking out of these books is a little ridiculous it crosses the line of um, you know, because at a certain point, you know, it's like, wh- where where do we stop? Where do we stop? I, I, but what, 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 I, I don't understand how I, I don't understand how you and Gary don't understand how this is better in our society, bro. But what they're saying right now is is like, look, like, you want to know what this is? Dude? This is the equivalent of literary participation trophies. What no, that's not. So, it's not. So it's not at all. It's not at all. It's it's. it's it's very funny. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what what I found about people in here. I'm I'm just gonna say here, people here. This is what I don't understand about people here. It doesn't matter if you black. It doesn't matter if you white. It doesn't matter if you green, Asian. It doesn't matter what your nationality is or what your background is. I'm gonna tell you something about people here. People here. Don't let me see how I can say this because I I, want to be as PC as I possibly can. But like when something has been done for a very long time, tradition, and I saw this on 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 a meme. It said tradition ain't nothing but peer pressure from your ancestors. We don't know why we do it. We just do it. So because we've been doing it for such a long time and these books have been established for such a long time, Gary, and y'all are like, well, it ain't bothered nobody before because guess what? The people that are reading these books didn't know that it bothered them until the right people got them in their hand and was offended by it. Very similar to, I'm I'm, going to give you a few examples. I'm going to give you a few examples. For instance, everybody was pissed off at the commanders that they changed their name from Redskins. Like, oh, that's stupid. That's stupid. That's stupid. Obviously, it doesn't affect me because I'm not of native descent, right? I'm black. So because we don't understand what they're going through, the only way we can make sense of it is like, man, they've been the Redskins forever. They've been there forever. So why should we change it? Because it's wrong. Because there's a group of people that's offended by it. And there's enough of a group of people that we need to change this. And they did exactly that. I want to know that in this country that when we have issues and we don't like something and that we are offended by it, that this country will try to correct that. 
And I feel like that's what we're doing here. No matter how small it is now versus how big it's going to be later. Because guess what, Gary? Now when you have kids, you don't have to worry about somebody calling them fat because they done took them out of all the books. They don't even know it. You ain't got to worry about them kids calling your kid ugly or beastly because they've taken them out of the books. Now, they may still call them beastly because they left that in there. But, like, you see what I'm saying? These are words that you... You don't have to when they come home like so and so called me stupid and you like well what did they what did you do or why do you think they called you that and they're hurt and offended by being called stupid no when they don't even fit the description I disagree because you're gonna see all of it on TV and in movies anyways all that stuff still and and you can't take it from the the language it's gonna always be there I I'm saying this Gary and you can tell me if you agree. Or you disagree, and I'd love to hear what you say, Tom. What's going to change is the words that the kids are saying. They're still going to find ways to diss the Yes, they are. They are. They are. Prime example. Prime example. You, if you want to, this is the perfect example. Kids don't know cuss words. No. They're not in books. They learn them from other sources. Same thing, they can learn these from other sources as well. The, it has nothing to do with... Oh, well, I know what my kid's going to learn it from. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, either the parents, their friends, or TV. That's where they're going to learn it from. It doesn't matter what you know. You could slip up and say ugly, or that's ugly to your wife when you're talking about drapes or something. The kids are going to hear it. it. That's why I said the it comes more to the parents than the books. The books are, I, mean nothing. It's a kid's book. No, I disagree. not read it again. I, I disagree because there's certain things that I say and I say all the time that they will not say. And I, I, I for the life of me, I don't understand how they haven't they picked won't it say up yet. Right. <laughs> all I'm saying is, is everything that my kids have ever read in a book that was funny. They have come home saying that word because it's OK, because it's in a book. It's in a book that I read. My teacher read me this book. I can say this. That's what I'm saying. So, like, man, my question is, when they start getting those other books, they start coming out and they start, how are you going to handle that? Because now they're going to think it's okay to say now. And well, it's well, not. You, but see, that, that's what I'm trying to get you to understand, Gary. Like, it's okay to have sex at 18, 19, 20. It's not okay to have sex at 8, 9, or 10. Correct. So what I'm saying is, is you wait till they get of age and when they're of age for you to have this mature discussion, then you have it. You don't want to have that mature discussion when they're six because this book's just prompted you. Again, but you're already they're already going to be doing that in schools because some kids are taught stuff like that at nine and ten in schools about sex and all that stuff. I don't think they should. I don't think any kid should about any anything about sex until you're till you at least hit puberty because you don't understand what's going on and that's not what you're thinking about. As a kid, you can tell you ain't got kids, Gary. I, I hate you talking but, to you about but I'm, this. But I'm around bro. your kids, so I understand. Because your kids don't think about that stuff. Your 12 year old don't think about that. Your 12 year old just wants to play. They don't, bro. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they no, don't. It, no, it's the same thing. Like we've talked about. Like we've talked about this before. It's the same thing with race. Racism yeah. is taught. It's I not. It's, you're not born with racism. You're taught racism. By your parents or by something you see or you just make your own thing. You're not you're not born racist. You don't the kids don't see that. Kids play with everybody. They're like, oh, I hate this kid because he's black or he's white. No, they're gonna hang out with them. It don't matter. They're a kid. Now, if the parent says something, is when the kid starts taking on following what the parent says. 
All I'm saying, Gary, is is when you read it in the book, it's hard to correct that behavior because if it's in a book, my teacher read it to me, then it's okay for me to say. I, I'm telling you the the logic and how kids understand things. Like if I say a word, like for instance, I was watching WWE Monday Night Raw, right? And I think I've told this story before. We're watching Monday Night Raw, and Stephanie McMahon was she was talking. And this was the time where The Rock, he would come out and he was talking to, uh, what is her name? He sung the song to um, Eddie Guerrero's uh, wife. What is it? Vicky Guerrero when he called her a bitch. And he punchlined it when he said it. And after he punchlined it, my kid right behind him was like, hey, dad. And I go, no, uh uh-uh, don't ever say that word. I'm able to correct that behavior. I'm able to tell him, like, no, that's not a word that you need to say. It's actually a cuss word. It's this, it's that, it's it. But now if I'm reading it in the book and I go, yeah, you know, you big, fat, beastly um, orangutan or whatever they wanted to say in the book, the kids start laughing. That stick with them forever because guess what? Laughter means I'm going to get that laugh later. So the next time I fall out with somebody, to get that laugh, I'm going to call them a Big, fat, ugly, beastly orangutan. Because guess what? I they got laughs in the book, so I can get laughs right now. You're not you're teaching them things that we don't want them, in my opinion, to learn that early in the process of being a child and you being a parent. Like I'm not as a parent that talk to their kid about everything. There's some things that I want to wait until they're of age to talk to them about. And right now, I don't think this age is appropriate for us to be talking about the things that they're trying to remove from the books. That's what I'm saying. No, I, I, and you have the right as a parent to talk about when you want to talk about it. But you also can't control what a teacher teaches either. True. A teacher could teach something you're not ready for it to be taught to them, and you don't have a choice. And that's the same right, thing. You don't have a choice. If you wanted to talk about this word to your kid, like if you own this book and you were reading it to your kid and you wanted to talk about it, you don't have that choice now because they remove that form from you. So they also take that from you as a parent, taking you from the ability to discuss these words that may not learn until they get around friends or they're ugly and they when they're older and they find out the meanings. Now you're never gonna have that discussion with them because they ain't gonna care when they're teenagers what you say anymore. They haven't learned that thing. Now you never will get to discuss that when they're at that impressionable age either. So that's the thing. You, you're you're it's a gift and a curse. Yes, exactly. It's a gift and a curse. It's a gift at times. It's also yeah. a curse later in life because now you never got to discuss certain words they might have heard when they were younger to explain the, the significance of what it all means. Now they're older. They don't care what you say anymore because now they're teenagers. They know better. That's how we, That's how we are when we grow up. We all think we're smarter than our parents when we hit teenagers when we're not. Yeah, I it's 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 very interesting that you say that, Gary, because uh, me growing up as a kid, um, there were certain things that we would talk about and there were certain things that we didn't talk about. And the one thing that we never talked about when I was a kid, even growing up, even as a like a like a teenage kid was sex. Like, why do people have sex? What's the reasons for it? You know, so going into like um, that part of my life when sex became like 
sex to me, right? Like nobody gave me that conversation like, hey, this is what you want to do. This is how you want to do Like nobody gave me that. It was just all like it just kind of happened like, oh, shit. Like and I took it as it came, right? Like you learn kind of on your own and then through the experiences you have, you're able to talk through them. Well, just curious, Gary, at what age do you think that you need to talk to your kid about sex? When they hit puberty. Because that's when their hormones start kicking in. And they start, when they hit, when they hit puberty, their hormones start kicking in. They start having thoughts of, of whatever they're attracted to when, when they hit puberty. So that's when I think you would start talking about it. Because now they're going to start to have those urges and those feelings. And they're not going to understand anything that's going on. So to me, that's when you would start to discuss, hey, here's what you're going through. Here's what's going to be coming forward. And you start updating them and let them know all that stuff. Because if you don't, you say, I'm going to wait till they're 17. Well, they've already hit that four years of puberty, maybe five, whatever, and they've already learned everything from their friends now. And you never had yeah. that talk as a as a parent. So so I, I I'm a I'm gonna tell you when I'm gonna have the talk with my girls when they have their first period is when I have that conversation with my girls. The problem is is there's no mark where as a guy that you like, okay, all right, we can have this conversation. When because- that voice changes. <laughs> Well, that's, that's when the balls drop it. That's technically when they, when they start when that ball when when that voice changes and they start getting that uh the, all those when you start getting all those pimples as a kid that's that's when they're hitting their puberty you know or when they when you find out they start growing hair places that's when they're hitting puberty as a boy and that's the only way you're gonna know because they're not gonna talk to you about that kind of stuff like they don't have the thing a woman a woman has to basically mark when puberty starts for them. So as a man, right. as a boy, you got to try as a parent, you would have to say, OK, well, his voice is changing. He's uh, growing. He's starting to grow hair, stuff like that. It's, OK, well, now it's time to talk because he's hitting puberty. Yeah. And it, it it as a parent, man, you it's really tough, Gary, because you go through like, OK, should I wait till they come to me or do I go to them? Because when they come to you, they're more receptive to what you have to say when you go to them. You know, it's kind of in one ear and out the other. They kind of hear you. But... I think that you do a mix of both. I think it's you would say, hey, I know you're going through changes. Whenever you feel comfortable enough to talk to me about it, I'm here for you. We can talk about it. Uh, so I want to help you through this process. And that's it. And you let them come to you now. At least they know you know something's going on. And then yeah. you give them the opportunity. Now, if they, if they wait a year or so, I think you have to go. You can't just keep going because they may never come to you. Yeah. I never, I personally never had a birds and bees talk with my parents. I never had one either. But like, that's what I'm saying. So that's the thing is like, I, I never brought it up. But again, I was, I was never focused. My only focus was f- sports. I played football, wow. basketball. That's all I cared about. I didn't care about anything else at that point. So like, I never gave them the impression that I needed to have that talk because I was only worried about playing sports. That's all of my life. Yeah, I, I do wish I had that conversation though. Like yeah. that birds and the bees talk, like. But I I never had it. It was just it was up on me and like it it happened and yeah. I don't I don't even think I like I'm pretty sure my parents didn't even know when I was having sex when I started yeah. because it was just like as it's like a natural thing you know yeah. what I'm saying so it's not like something that you talk about I didn't and if think you, if you wait too long the, your their friends are gonna be talking about it and then they're gonna learn from their friends and that's not what you want yeah yeah yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. I see what you're saying now. Hmm. 
So that's why I say it's more of a double standard. Yes, you, like you said, it's a gift and a curse. It can be a positive at times, but it can be a curse because you don't get a chance to discuss certain words that may be taken out of books when they're younger, when it's an impressionable, and they may learn it later, and then now you have no way to impress it on them. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Hmm. That's interesting, time, Gary. Time you want to finish this out? You can give us your thoughts on this up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I agree. It's just like we kind of said it earlier. It's just you got to leave it up to the parents to talk to your kids. And I don't think that, you know, I think there are traditions and things that um, that we've done in the past that we can change. And I don't have any problem with that. But my 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 kind of thing is, is like, where do you draw the line? Like, at what point are we just being way too soft uh, in today's society? And to me, it feels like taking the word fat or ugly. Uh, I don't know. To me, that feels like that's, 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 that's probably edging close to that line. Because you got to think, like, that's Charlie in the Chocolate Factory book. Um, and James and the Giant Peach. What, what are you, like, seven, eight, nine when you're reading those books? Like, come on. You, you should be well into your parenting of your child by that age uh, to where words like that aren't going to uh, run them down. Uh, I don't know, but I digress. We'll, we'll stop the bleeding there. Uh, no tampon, no. Uh, and we will <laughs> we will be back <laughs> next week. Hopefully, if we don't get canceled after this week. <laughs> we'll be back next week. We are. <laughs> You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 